Hello listeners. Welcome to season 2 of the Masters Decoded podcast. I am Anish Merchant, the chief decoder. I want to thank you for the overwhelming response to season 1. Your feedback and encouragement led me to bring you season 2 of the Masters Decoded. The season will tap into how technology, artificial intelligence and other socio-economic factors have impacted my guest careers or passions. My next guest on today's show is Divyanshu Padar. Divyanshu loves to be left of center and space sciences have always fascinated him. After graduating from the Indian Institute of Space Science and Technology, Kerala, Divyanshu's heart was expanding the reach of rocketry in India and creating an ecosystem of model rocketry. In ways, he's a serial entrepreneur and has fascinating stories about his journey in rocketry without much further ado let me get on with it hi divyanshu welcome to masters decoded podcast series really glad to have you hi anish it's really nice to be here and uh, i'm looking forward to this it's it's gone a long time in planning uh, i'm i'm sorry for the delay from my side definitely not and the industry which you are it takes a lot of planning to get what you do so i don't mind that i can very well relate to it no it's a pleasure to have you on board and uh, it's pretty relevant as well because space exploration and dominance amongst countries and nations is becoming bigger and bigger every day and you are contributing to that in a way where you are enabling the students to understand and build careers around that so share why space and you know what's your perspective around that oh uh, that's a very very broad question space for a lot of reasons obviously uh, i guess uh, everybody who's in into space and and sort of talks about it would say that i was into it as a child and i looked at the stars and all of that uh, sort of fantasizing is there but i i was i was also like that i i was super fascinated and wanted to be an astronaut and stuff but then it's not just that uh, there was a lot of serendipity in life as well uh, while i was uh, i wanted to be an astronaut and was looking at the stars but at the end of the day indian life you know you come to 11th or 12th class and you start studying to get into engineering and stuff as i was getting into engineering uh, there was this college called indian institute of space science and technology was available to me and i i, I was uh, i was getting a seat there and uh, it was just a two years old college there was no alumni there was no campus but it was under isro and and uh, it, it 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 sort of felt like okay yeah, this is my calling and stuff so went into iist a lot of myths about what space or, or, or what space industries or what isro would be like got broken for me as well as a lot of things which were very interesting came into play got into a lot of very very passionate stuff related to stay, space while at the same time also realized that okay everything that we think about the industry may not be true and there are a lot of other sort of aspects that are in play and we have to you know you have to really it, it has got a very strong learning curve to say the least so yeah all of that happened our after college went into isro for a while and then started rocketeers uh, so that's that's what my sort of journey has been like but in in terms of on a on a broader level what why space and and, and what what really prompts me now to do it it would be like Uh, what you said in the beginning like you know there's a lot of interest in the field right now there is a lot of strategic dominance that is playing around play, playing out in between countries regarding this uh, sector i i feel that india has always been one of the pioneers uh, in the field 
and if we need if if we want to maintain that position we want to maintain that preeminence we have to sort of start uh, doing this in a much more different way than we've been doing it up till now and i, I hope to contribute to that that is great and uh, today through uh, rocketeers you are making making an impact to a very large student pool i believe the number is about 100000 plus when i read that i was like wow there is so much of excitement about rocketry uh, among the student community which was pretty interesting and you all have taken about 14000 rockets have they been commercial personal like what these rockets have been largely so actually the number uh, is much more than that uh, it's it- oh wow uh uh we we flown a total of above 75000 rockets now oh wow the 14000 number that you had is for our first model that we did it was called the typhoon so basically these rockets i i would like to qualify uh, the when people think of rockets they think of a lot of things a lot of people think of missiles a lot of people think of diwali rockets a lot of people think of these rockets that launch uh, satellites to space uh and so nobody really thinks of model rockets in india at least people don't even know what it is so i i just give an introduction to what model rockets are model rockets are these small uh sort of uh rockets they weigh anywhere between 40 50 grams to 1.5 kilograms uh they use various kinds of fuel uh, the most common commercial fuel around the world is called black powder uh the most common amateur fuel uh, amateur fuel meaning that students or people who make the fuel themselves that's uh, that's sugar uh, it's it's called candy propellant it's sugar and potassium nitrate a little more advanced fuels are also there like you have denatured sorbitol or apcp which are available both in the commercial and the sort of amateur configuration depending on where you are model rocketry as an activity was primarily in the us if you look at the us industry today you the us space industry not even the model rocketry industry what you'll notice is that a large number of people who are working in the nasas and the spacexes and the blue origins and the lockheed martins of the world they 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 were they are all major rocketry enthusiasts they they flown model rockets they flown amateur rockets and they started off as a child and and it, it's something that really connects you directly to the tech directly to what kind of physics goes into it what kind of things can go into it what kind of components are there and what can you make better and so on you start ideating on this at a very early age and obviously i guess, i guess the way sort of things are we tend to be a little more uh, hair brained and creative when we are children so so if you if you start ideating at that level uh, from that early childhood the you obviously grow into a much more sort of in, you 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 start getting rocketry intuitively basically what is what i mean to say and so that that was that's what happened in the us and we felt that if india india right now has uh, when we started off at least had just isro doing stuff and uh, uh, that it had been so for the last 30 40 years it was a completely government controlled sector and so on and then our idea was that just isro is not enough like no matter what isro may be the best and isro is doing amazing work and they're very efficient and 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 they they're, they're uh their their success or 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 their sort of reputation is extremely good in terms of what they can achieve but at the same time no matter what we say they are not enough they will we will need much 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 more if we really want to uh if we if we really want to sort of make uh, if we want to stay in the position even in stay in the position that we are in terms of 
the global space ecosystem this just to put that in perspective even though we are the pioneers we are one of the few five six space agencies of the world who had launch vehicles say 10 years ago uh, we have some of the best remote sensing and communication satellite tech, tech in the world remote sensing definitely but at the same time even after all of that our contribution financially to the global space industry india's contribution is less than 2% yeah exactly it doesn't make sense right it, it it's just like what and uh the reason that is is that it's a closed sector in the so just to give you perspective on that malaysia as a country does not have any space tech of their own and but we but they have an open space sector so companies set up over there they build satellites they launch it the satellite is owned by malaysia and india is buying bandwidth on that satellite right so 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 that was a thought that like this needs to open up and there were various problems why this cannot open up i felt that one of the problems even if it does even if all the other problems let's say that there are other people who are solving the problem of building these startups there are other people who are solving the problem of the policy and the regulation around it and and so on and uh, so forth but i felt that even after all of that one of the major blocking points is going to be human resource uh so so that was the thought and i felt that model rocketry is one way which directly can impact a very large audience out of which so it's it's like the widest end of the funnel right and and obviously not all the students that we are going to teach are going to go into the space industry and uh, uh, so on but then we feel that if you're targeting the widest end of the funnel the people who do end up there will be passionate about it from a very young age will be thinking about it from a very young age will be doing stuff related to it from a very young age and that can really sort of change the game in the kind of quality of people who come into this industry in india in the future so that's what uh, started off with that's that's what the whole idea behind model rocket and rocketry was and that's what sort of got me into this and Uh, i had obviously had a lot of fun building out these rockets when i was in college that was the first time i learned about it and uh, then we'll go into all kinds of detail about this sure uh, no and just building on what you just said you know your college space like you said you entered a college which was not so well known it was just two year old didn't have any alumni didn't really have a big campus or a campus so how was college and you know how was your family fine you entering into this college specifically for engineering so uh, yeah i i think i didn't really go into detail about what iist is so I'll, i'll just tell you a little bit about that so iist is indian institute of space science and technology it is a college that has been set up by that was actually uh, set up in 2007 the founding director was uh, dr b n suresh he is one of the fathers of the pslv which is our workhorse satellite launch vehicle and so so he was the founding director and and uh, at the time that i was joining there was no alumni it was just 2 years old i was joining in 2009 so there were students who were going to be in third year and second year and i was going to be in first year and there were only a uh, 100 students per batch in three different streams this admission was through sort of what is the iitj entrance exam complete education of all the students who got admitted was funded by dos department of space and so everybody was on a 100% scholarship uh, so uh, the all the complete student body was on a 100% scholarship nobody was paying anything to the college including boarding lodging books etc etc 
so we stayed in college our food was funded by like literally like i'm sure that there have been some students who may not have even spent any money at all like it our only expense was personal expense in return uh, like how this worked is that we signed a bond and we had to work for 5 years for isro and we would be admitted into scientist c position which was a standard uh, government position so like it's like one position senior from a basic scientist like if you were to join uh, isro as a fresher you would get a scientist b position we got a c position so one position senior and it's a very good ias level position in terms of the government pay scale it's a gazetted role and so on and then so it was a it was a no brainer for any parent or any sort of anybody to say that okay this is like this is amazing right you know we had dr apj abdul kalam as our chancellor right so so like uh, so like things like there is no campus and stuff was not even a sort not even a discussion point to say the least but at the same time uh, because i joined at that early stage in this college so i i, fe- I feel that the first 3 or 4 batches which is like to 2007 8 9 and 10 admissions uh, we got an experience that is sort of like a time capsule these were the highly formative years of the college the kind of exposure the kind of experience that we got is not available to the current students even though i might add that the current students are getting an experience which is exemplary the the kind of projects the kind of academic activity that is now happening in the college was not there in our time like the students are now building three different satellites they're building a sounding rocket they're working on like collaborations with international universities in amazing space programs across the world they have a collaboration with caltech and all we didn't have any of this but what we had was that because the college was in such an early stage uh, most of our professors were actual astro scientists our labs which needed to be conducted for the course there was no campus there was no college building there was no college lab so what was there there was an isro lab so so we got into the isro lab to do our stuff like the the uh, like the, the electronics labs of vssc or, or or the mechanical facilities the shop floor of vikram sarabhai space center was where our sort of mechanical lab used to happen and so on and we got unprecedented access to isro scientists who were like we we had professor ramanan professor nainan radhakrishnan sir these were all like stalwarts of their fields like ramanan sir was teaching us all orbital mechanics he is the person who designed the trajectory for like mars orbital mission so like so it, it in that sense uh, it was a very very amazing time capsule and the kind of experience and the kind of exposure that we got is absolutely amazing and i think that this group of the first sort of 4 500 people that come out of this place they are as a whole or as as a community going to create a large impact on the space industry in the years to come i'm i'm sure of that and i look forward to that because uh, you know when you hear about starlink or when you heard about spacex you know i always wonder why not india why not somebody in india to do that i lack knowledge otherwise i would have got into it but that's not the point here uh, but you spoke about one thing that you know you you had to sign a bond of 5 years you didn't you didn't complete your 5 years bond from your profile look like so there was always an exit clause we had to pay uh, and stuff like that so all of that happened and okay and so you decided to start rocketeers as well as specific impulse technologies so so that's uh, effectively is like the it's, it's it's a singular organization uh, their the roles are different in the sense that uh, rocketeers concentrates on the teaching and the services side of it and specific impulse technologies concentrates on focuses on the hardware and 
the product hardware development and like so specific impulse has is is a very very sort of business oriented profit oriented sort of a model where we are just looking at developing these fuel cartridges solving the problem of making rocketry accessible okay. so like when i build model rockets in colleges in my college i i spent almost 20 25000 per rocket and like it was very difficult there were no components so that's the problem specific impulse is solving we are making rocketry components hardware launch pads and fuel and stuff like that available cheap safe reliable whereas rocketeers the brand name or or sort of the rocketeers is such institute that is a uh, much more of a teaching agency partners with various schools and colleges and and creates capacity for teachers and so on so so it's a different sort of focus in both the things but they operate together we'll talk about both these companies in a bit while you were a trainee in isro you did get an opportunity to work with chandrayaan 2 which was the most hype mission which has been uh, from anisro's perspective uh, what was your role in that uh, mission or in that so i i got coffee okay <laughs> nice one yeah. so yeah yeah that's about it <laughs> i know you can't share much uh, because of the isro guidelines i in fact i have had an opportunity to talk to amit who also featured in my podcast and he also part of isro and he also shared the same statement which you did share right now you couldn't share much so i do appreciate that and i will not press you on that don't worry so let's talk about rocketeers moving on from there and you did say that you know you're making it available making it safe making it cheap but rocketry is not that big in india like a common student or a common school they not even think about getting their ch- children exposed so how much does a rocketry kit cost today from your company for a student so just to first answer your last like end of it that how much does a kit cost today uh, so a basic model rocket kit including a launch pad and ignition system will cost you 2500 to 2600 rupees from rocketeers that cheap you said 25000 you were working on and you bought it down to 110 that's a yeah so uh and now let's come to that 25000 to 2500 wala aspect so when i was working on it there was not even a single like i i saw rocketry for the first time when i was in my second year in college i i saw this video a tedx talk a ted talk by steve jarvetson uh, and then uh, for people who are interested steve jarvetson is a major investor in the space industry is one of the first investors in spacex so it was it was his ted talk and and he was talking about model rocketry and he he showed off some photographs some launches and stuff like that and i was just hooked i was like i want to do this and at that time uh, the thought process was that okay i'm going to go into isro 2 years or 3 years from now i'm going to be helping build these big launch vehicles which are going to launch launch satellites and do these amazing things these are like 200 crore 300 crore machines massive right so i i felt that okay yeah, this is this tiny easy peasy model rocket this is a piece of cake you know 100 grams basic materials like nothing special you know i i should be able to crack this like within a week or two with some money and like some 2 3000 rupees because the materials themselves are not expensive it's paper it's plastic and stuff like that and i was like yeah this is sorted and so me and a couple of our, my friends from college we started off our sort of mission to build a model rocket and uh, over the next year we realized that there are no components available uh, there are uh, th- there is no launch pad there is no ignition system available definitely there is no fuel cartridge or fuel available so if we want to build this out we have to build everything from scratch uh, we could 
do a lot of jugad and 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 build it cheaper uh, but what that would lead to is an overall unsafe uh, methodology which is what most sort of amateur rocketeers in india experience so if you if you look at the few people in india india who used to do rocketry they would ignite their model rockets or their amateur rockets using uh, wicks or candles or firecrackers or stuff like that they would have instead of having a proper launch pad they would just put a rod into the ground and like keep it straight and mount the rocket on it so that the rod is the guiding rod and so on and uh, and even even the fuel that they used to build themselves i i know personally stories of people who burned their hands people who burned down their parents garages <laughs> i was just going to ask how many garages have you burned down but anyways we'll i, I will get to that yeah. um, so uh, so all of this we started experiencing and then and that's that's when we realized that oh my god that e- even though we were able to build this rocket uh, set of rockets out we built about 70 rockets over the next one and a half year and only two of them were successful to uh, to be honest okay. but uh, but over this time we realized that we were able to do this because we had access to iist the kind of chemistry labs the kind of guidance the kind of professors the kind of materials the kind of facilities for machining and prototyping that we had access to were absolutely amazing super cutting edge mm. and that's why we were able to do this but for a general child to be able to do it it was impossible even if he or she had the money mm. and uh, if you don't have the money then to it's it's a foregone conclusion yep at that point of time we felt that okay this is something like at least i felt okay this is something that you know thousands of or millions of children around india would love to do like us flies 12 million model rockets every year i'm sure india has a bigger market yep so and and uh, that was just a thought that remained with me and that's what sort of culminated into rocketeers a few years later the mission has always been to make it safe accessible accessible is basically another word for making it cheap hmm. so so safe and accessible has been uh, safe reliable and accessible has been sort of the the mantra that we operate on and nuts about rockets is what we sort of tell people okay and and that's what we've been doing so we've slowly iterated and created these components rocketeers and specific impulse we are making available class b and class c model rockets to indian students across india so you are anywhere you're in impal you're in shrinagar you're in kanyakumari you're in jaisalmer we will deliver uh, we we're making these rockets available and accessible to everybody as i told you already the cheapest rocket today is just 2500 rupees uh, this is also not just the rocket this includes the launch pad and ignition system which by the way are permanent things so if you have the launch pad and ignition system once you don't need to buy that again and again to fly more rockets so if you are buying more rockets uh then a rocket is starting off at just 1100 or 1200 bucks okay and then the rocket itself also is reusable though not much not as much as the launch pad and ignition system but you can fly every rocket if you take care of it and you're able to recover it you can fly it easy peasy 10 11 times and so if you're just buying the fuel again that's just 200 rupees wow okay so so that's uh, that's what uh, so we're slowly uh, now getting below us prices and we hope that as we get to a more indian price point and 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 uh, get more accessibility we will uh, sort of create we, we we hope to create this market on our own like before us less than 1000 rockets annually uh, in india now we i told you have already launched 65000 we did in 2019 2020 obviously has been a blip yep uh 21 let's see <laughs> it's seeming to be another blip 
<laughs> hopefully not uh, hopefully not yeah it was like a bait and switch yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah you and i can laugh over it but it's been a crazy year as compared to 2020 as well uh, but you know there were a few things which you mentioned uh, which have caught my attention uh, so let's say you know my son wants to buy the rocket he goes at and he buys i believe it's sold on your website right now they or they do that but when i'm thinking about okay he buys it but where does he launch it because in a tier 1 city like let's say mumbai where i am based on you can't just fly a rocket right which can cause disruption how does that work see obviously there are a few places which are a little more difficult than other places uh, i would say mumbai delhi bangalore uh, even some sort of defense heavy cities like ambala and and, and so border nearing cities uh, the, 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 these sort of places are a little bit of a it's it's a, it's a little more difficult to fl- find a proper place to fly the rocket but if you're in tier town tier 2 towns or you're in rural areas it's super easy just go out to any large open field and you can fly it you can recover it just make sure there are no overhanging wires you're not near an airport you're not near a defense installation that's it the you'll be able to recover your rocket you'll be able to fly it again and it's the the weight of the rocket is less than so the rockets that we are selling commercially the weight is less than 250 grams and uh, the the maximum height that will go to is less than 600 feet now this may sound counterintuitive but it's by design that our rockets are small light and they don't go high the reason is that like as soon as people start thinking about rockets or start thinking about building rockets uh, the first two questions that come up is how big and how high yeah and and that's where also the launching part of it starts starts becoming a problem and and this has been sort of i think the the silver bullet that's made rocketeer succeed in a market that other companies couldn't it's not as if people have not tried the reason is that people as soon as they start thinking about building rockets and building rocketry as an ecosystem and stuff like that they start thinking about big rockets and rockets that will go high the rockets that are heavy and then then that starts getting into all kinds of launching problems all kinds of accessibility problems our fund is super cheap super accessible lightweight low flying idea is you can build it and fly it without any issues uh without any special permissions being needed uh and so on like the flight will last a minute or so in a large open field it's undetectable it's 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 not going to come into the flight path of anything man made until unless someone is specifically flying the drone towards the flight or something it's it's low flying and even even that drone is not going to be a government drone it's most probably going to be a personal drone yeah because again all government drones or all sort of work drones are flying at a level which is higher than that they're flying at 1200 1300 feet so so in that sense that's what has been our sort of experience we just educate the people on how to select a place to fly it's not about some special zones or some special place to fly okay but but you need to apply some common sense some basic safety aspects and then you can just select a place to fly as i said bombay uh, delhi bangalore all three for very different different reasons are a little difficult to sort of uh, find places bombay because it doesn't have large open grounds yeah it's 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 one of the most congested uh, sort of uh, most highly built up Uh, cities in india yeah uh, delhi because almost everything is owned by the government and so you're always near a government compound or a yep. defense installation uh bangalore because uh, almost the full city is a psu yep again so so but, but then that has a flip side as well so if you are a student whose father or mother works in the psu you can probably go into the playground inside the psu and fly it <laughs> 
because you have access yeah so like you know so so yeah like there are different aspects to it but yeah, yeah it's it's the the launching part of it is not really that difficult once you start thinking about it it's just apply some basic common sense it's a safe product it won't explode it won't harm anybody when it's coming down it won't have any fire in it the total weight is less than 150 grams there are no dense or heavy materials inside it it's made of like plastic balsa uh, sacraf paper and stuff like that okay. uh, pvc foam foam so you know uh, in that sense uh, it it won't hurt anybody and so on so yeah you mentioned one thing that when you were in that one year you you tried to launch 70 and you were successful with two and it happens in world as well big companies large institutions have these unsuccessful launches and we've seen yeah. that happening with isro as well and there are so many moving things and components which can go wrong uh, in a flight mission uh you know the fuel the combustion the air the wind there's so much which can go wrong uh and i'm sure all those things possibly went wrong in those 70 missions of yours those mini missions but what are the two or three big reasons where rockets fail or the missions fail from your perspective so it's it's very very different for different types of rockets sure. um but if you were to talk about launch vehicles the rockets that launch satellites yeah. the rockets that everybody sort of sees these big organizations like isro and spacex and nasa and boeing and if you look at their or, or russia or so on we look at the failures related to most of these missions one thing that is really really difficult is the plumbing the propellant so there is always like not always but there, there is a large probability of some valve leaking some pipe blowing up uh uh some valve not functioning properly some sort of propellant leakage from somewhere and so on which has been responsible for a lot of failures across the world the second sort of most difficult i i think part of it becomes the thermal shielding so this is this applies both to inside of the rocket and outside of the rocket so so just something very interesting that uh happened with inside of the rocket for example mm mm-hmm. uh in, in in if if you've been following or i don't know some uh, of your viewers who are really interested in space uh, might be following spacex is currently developing this rocket called starship yes uh, it's it's supposed to go to mars and and for that they do this test where uh, they they launch the starship which is the upper stage of the rocket for 10 kilometers and they bring it back and make it land back like spacex rockets land back yeah and uh, this is a much 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 bigger rocket than what has been landing up till now so that's why it's a much more difficult problem so so they've been trying to land it back in one of these tests this this thing just came back couldn't land blew up just before it was landing like in the last 3 or 4 seconds the fire that is coming out of the engine the the sort of trail that we see it's usually for spacex for these engines for the raptor engines it's almost near transparent has some yellow and blue hues but it's almost near transparent hmm. Uh, whereas suddenly for these last 3 4 seconds everybody saw this thick green flame okay and and uh, there was a lot of question about what was happening so this was the rocket eating up itself it was eating the engine inside the engine was burning out okay right so the copper inside the engine was burning so so not only do you need protection outside for thermal stuff but you need protection inside as well hmm. because inside might start to burn and then everything sort of 
so so these i think are the two uh, most sort of uh, difficult problems one is getting the plumbing right mm -hmm. and then getting the thermal protection right so so these two assuming that you are doing all the easy stuff right <laughs> which is like just building a rocket engine yeah. but yeah you want to share any funny funny moment which might have happened with you all as you all were building your own model rockets oh there are tons uh, okay I, i could go on and on uh, one of the first instances is is has is still i in my uh, opinion the most exciting okay um Uh, so this was uh, while i was in college i was in uh, at that time i think i was in still in second year i was in third year i think i was in third year at that time four of us we were we had uh, built a model rocket and we were going to test it out it was approximately 1:30 in the night hmm. and uh, we were inside the iist campus okay and now iist campus is uh, just to give you a little perspective it's set in the uh, the hills of like the hills near uh, tirunanthpuram near nedumangad mm. so these are like nice uh, ponmudi and this whole ghat range hills very beautiful very very green so our campus was inside that and it was on two mountains so one mountain uh, on one side had lined up hostels there was a valley in between and on the other side uh, on the other mountain there were the academic blocks okay. uh, they were all there and inside the valley uh, at the base of the valley uh, there was the student activity complex the sports ground the basketball court and like the badminton court and stuff like that okay and uh, so we were in the valley at the badminton uh, basketball court and we were going to launch our rocket over there okay and one of our friends so it was so four of us so so three of us were there in the valley and one of us was perched on the rooftop of one of these hostels on the side of, of the mountain with a camera filming the thing looking down into the valley uh, we were super excited to in the night and this campus shares the wall with what is called the liquid propulsion system center valiamala which is an isro facility of national importance doesn't show up on google maps properly and and uh, has cisf security and we share a wall with them it's like okay. it's, it's it's just 300 meters away from where we were testing uh, and it, and it has massive propellant storage it's called liquid propulsion system center so it is it is it's got propellant storage and stuff like that and it's 130 in the night and uh, so uh, we were all set and we start our test uh, so on one side of the basketball court our rocket uh, ignition system is mounted onto a bench and uh, the whole thing is there and on the other side of the court we are there behind uh, so so construction was happening so there was a brick uh, sort of uh, pile there okay and and so we were behind the brick pile and uh, looking at the rocket getting ignited and it the ignition happened the rocket lifted off uh, went Four, approximately 9 or 10 feet two, into the air then one. it blew and this is a massive explosion like extremely loud like at 1:30 in the night we saw bunch of lights across the hostels come on mm. <laughs> i could just imagine it's almost like a movie which is reeling but go and and uh, so the guy who was uh, on the rooftop of one of these hostels holding the camera so these cameras have this small lanyard which you can stick into your hand so that it doesn't fall so so he had he did not he was not wearing that and he was apparently holding the camera very lightly so the camera flew back from his hand and fell onto the ground 5 minutes later we are the three of us in the valley surrounded by cisf guards uh, like <laughs> <laughs> they had like they had guns pointed and stuff and and then we we were like uh, we hope the safety is on we are students 
and uh, we, we we have permission to do this we are students we, we know professors know see we have letters okay and uh, so yeah uh, like there was a whole hoopla about the thing nothing happened we were safe nobody got hurt hmm. uh, but at that moment like it was intense right you know you had 35 not even one or two you had 35 40 shares of guards surrounding three of us with guns pointed and we were like in the center of the basketball court it was like a showdown wow <laughs> That's uh, it's an interesting but a scary and a funny also situation. What happened to your fourth friend? He did he run away or did he come to save your life? Top of a building, nobody knew, right? Yeah. Like he was, he was quite far away. He was four hundred feet away from us. Okay. So did he come to save you or when he saw C- no, no, he, was, he didn't even realize that we were surrounded by C- I said guards were already gone down and like. He was coming and we then found parts of our rockets like 300 meters away, 400 meters away, like throughout the campus, they were splintered around and we're looking for them. So yeah, stuff like this. Another time, uh, our college ka chemistry lab, again, nighttime, we blew up the hot air oven. Ouch. Okay. Uh, it- so, so you were asking, you know, what all you have burnt and how many garages have I burnt down? So it's stuff like this. <laughs> so... It's it's fun stories which I'm sure you'll be sharing with your students as well. They go Definitely. So 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 there's a there's a video of this as I said right. There was a friend who was on the the rooftop. Yeah. So so yeah, the video is not in public domain. So I'm not going to do that. But uh, yeah, at times uh, in in some workshops where I find a rapport with the students, we end up showing them the video as well. Okay, that's good because they also have to be aware that you know this is no child's play. So with rocketry, I guess anybody who's pursuing it on a serious level has to be very, very aware of the fact that they're dealing with propellant and at the end of the day, it's an explosive material and they have to be very careful and safety should be paramount. Things can get broken, can be rebuilt, but you should make sure that people are safe. Switching gears on you, you would have got an amazing career with this rock because you already had like a five-year bond. You were getting a great level which was much better than somebody joining ISRO directly as a fresher, you decided a completely an alternative path to do something on your own, to build a business around the entire rocketry industry. How did your parents find all of this? And, you know, how, how did you, do you recollect and say it was a good decision? First of all, I am extremely lucky when it comes to my parents. Like, I I think I'm more blessed than almost any Indians, you know, I've seen parents of my friends and how, what kind of pressures can be there in a family. And my parents are by far the most supportive and they're extremely logical and it's, it's very easy to sort of have an open-minded conversation with them. That helps so much because once they, once, once they're listening in an open-minded manner, then it's a very, very they treat me like an adult. So, and, and they treat me like an adult when I was a child. So that, that really creates that sort of informed decision where, you know, I can listen to their ideas. I can sort of allay their concerns or, and so on. So in, in that sense, I, I guess I, I never really faced much of a backlash from my parents, the backlash that may have come from extended family or friends or something like that that doesn't happen simply because my parents are not like my parents are cool with it so after that sort of everybody else sort of takes a back seat like my parents and my grandparents i would say which is a little more difficult conversation but once my parents agree that also sort of becomes easy so in in that sense i guess i am extremely lucky to have the 
best parents like they're just super cool and chill about stuff like this they 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 like that they don't want me to take stupid decisions so they help me with that but at the same time if there's something that i really want to do it may on a surface level seem illogical but they're open to having a conversation about it and and that helps a lot apart from that i would also like to put in perspective this quitting isro part so first of all isro has a fairly good attrition rate okay second of all if you look at specifically the students who are coming through iist this attrition rate is significantly higher than sort of the people who are coming in through other sort of it iitp or other sort of exams that like isro has for recruitment and stuff so and i think that happens due to a various bunch of reasons i just mention it because it puts into perspective the fact that yeah like it's not something that is unheard of or it it's absolutely something very unique it's not like that in my batch of 100 i think 40 people have already quit so that's a big number there are a lot of people who are going to be with isro uh, amazing people who are going to be with isro through their life and and they're probably going to complete their careers there and they're going to contribute a lot to our national space program and and uh, i know a lot of such people myself they're very good friends but i guess everybody has a different path on that note if you have to share your perspective to budding scientists or individuals who are thinking about building their careers in rocketry or in space what will your advice be to them i think uh, we can you can you nail down the age group for me <laughs> it, meaning people coming out of the campuses or people thinking about building their yeah college or even people like me let's say if i want to build a career in space can i do that the one thing that i would uh, people coming out of colleges are already so i am assuming 19 20 21 years old that is correct so they've already gone through what is the grind of the indian education system i'm assuming that most of them don't have any or very little hands on experience with anything forget space tech uh, or anything like that they don't even have hands on experience coding mm-hmm. which is something which per se is hands on in my opinion it's not but still right like you're at the end of the day still building something when you're coding even though that is now becoming a little more prevalent at a younger age which i have other problems with but even i do but that is a very core problem like people don't know how to work hands on in india especially it's ridiculous we'll have these students in third year engineering fourth year engineering in our workshop building out a model rocket and they get some aldehyde or some fabric on their hands and then they are worried about that instead of the project like what the hell <laughs> get on it it's just glue it'll wash out and it's not that they have a problem with the glue it's just that they have not worked hands on yeah if they were to build five more rockets there then that glue would automatically become not a problem for them psychologically yeah so it's it's that's a very simple and a very very sort of crude example of it but yeah so that i think is my primary advice to people start getting hands on go out build something anything it could be anything you, you want to build an app build an app you want to if nothing build a lamp for yourself i built my own furniture in my room oh nice and like uh, i have i have a lot of fun with it it's like because i'm building it i don't want a normal table i'll build a 10 security table it will not have legs it will do this it will do that like you can have fun with it yeah right so you you're going to probably spend some 8 9000 on pepper fry to buy a table spend that 8 9000 in a vacant space hmm. right you'd probably build a better table that you'll be more emotionally connected to that you'll value more 
and that you have an amazing experience with. So that's my sort of primary advice. Like the table thing is again an example, an app is an example. It could be a robot, it could be a car, it could be anything. Just just start getting hands-on. So that's something that I really recommend to almost all, all students who are in campuses, definitely. Like that's the right time. They should, because our colleges don't give you that opportunity. So you have to go out there and do it yourself. So it's 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 very important to do that. And in my opinion, the people who are excelling, the people who really get stuff done are the ones who are hands-on. And, and and people in India usually learn that on a later learning curve. They, they get into their careers, three years, four years down the line, they do that. Then I, I think if you start doing it at an early age, it will be that much more impactful. On that note, Riyanshu, I know you're busy with your business. I don't want to take much of your time. Uh, this has been an amazing conversation. I learned a lot personally. It gets me excited and I'm thinking about, okay, what do I, I build with my own hands? more physical than virtual, like an app. So thank you for your time, Divyanshu. This has been an amazing conversation and I will still remember you serving tea during the ISRO in Chandra and to launch. So stay safe, sir, and you know, be healthy. Thank you. Same to you, Anish. And yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for listening in. And we close yet another episode of Masters Decoded. If you've enjoyed the episode, Please, you can help us out by sharing it on social media. I would personally appreciate that. It's how we can reach more listeners, and the more listeners we have, the more awesome guests I can get in touch and convince to participate in these conversations that are a joy to have for me, and I hope they are a joy for you to listen as well. You can also help a lot leaving reviews on iTunes or your podcast service of choice. Reviews are surprisingly helpful in supporting the podcast to get to more listeners. If this episode has intrigued you, I would request you to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date and get notified to the future episodes. With that, I bid you and see you in the next episode.